0: Welcome to Passing Notes with Ashley and Shanda. I'm Shanda Sung, and
1: I'm a comedian. And I'm Ashley Morgan, and I'm a farmer. We've been best friends since we were nine years old. Welcome to our show, where we teach each other all kinds of things that cover our wide range of knowledge and interests.
0: And today's episode is Conspiracy Theories 2. Mm-hmm. How many sequels is this for us? Is this our third Because we did, I think we did Food Part 2. We did Birds Part 2. Yeah. Yeah, Conspiracy Theories Part 2. Food Part 2 was because we love food. Yeah. yeah. Birds Part 2 was for the anniversary. Yeah. And Conspiracy Theories Part 2 is for
1: the listeners, baby. Yeah. We got a lot of good feedback on our first Conspiracy Theories. Although I will say... We have been doing a lot of kind of conspiracy theory-esque. We did mysteries. We did urban legends. We've done all sorts of stuff. Yeah, we've been dancing around it a bit. (laughs) Yeah. We like those kind of things.
0: Yeah. So last time we talked about the Denver airport and we talked about trees not being real. Yeah. I think the trees heard me. Yeah. (laughs) because yesterday i was in my backyard and this massive massive sycamore that we have in our backyard half of it just plummeted to the ground and it was terrifying and loud and so the trees are like tell me i'm not real now bitch (laughs) i'll smash your house (laughs) you know what's real that insurance claim you now need how's that for real Fortunately, it did not hit the house or break anything important, but I was sitting on the back deck and it fell and I was immediately like, where are all the kids? And I knew that two of them were inside and the other one was playing up by the house, like right next to the house. So I knew she was well out of danger, but I still was like running around trying to find her and I scared our neighbors (laughs) because they're down behind us and they Mm -hmm. just yell up,
1: is everybody okay up there? (laughs) Like, yeah, we're fine. And hearing a tree fall triggers something primal inside you it really does because we've heard it during storms because we have trees and woods all around our house and when you hear a tree crack it like triggers your fight or flight like for real yeah like you immediately want to run around
0: (laughs) yeah it was wild so the reason that the boys were inside when it actually fell is because it had made a loud crack oh it sounded like if you slap two pieces of wood together it's sudden like a gunshot, but it has a very specific like woody noise. I don't is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> but it made that sound, and I was doing work, sitting on the deck. The kids were playing in the yard. I heard the sound too, but I assumed it was we've got neighbors all around us, and people are always up to stuff, especially on the weekends. They're, you know, snapping limbs, making fires, mm-hmm. doing yard work. And so I assumed it was just something that one of the neighbors had done. and the boys were like, it's a bomb. Everybody watch out. It's a bomb. And I thought they were pretending, you know, yeah. and they ran into the house to hide. And then a couple minutes later, there was another big crack like that. And then another one was like 10 times louder. And then the whole thing comes down. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I came in. and They were like, we knew we knew it was going to come down. I'm like, you guys did. <laughs> they knew it was up. They ran for cover. And I thought they were
1: just screwing around. You know what it was? It was the government watchtower they had put in your yard. They hollowed out that tree. Yeah. And that's what it did. It finally fell and they were like, oh, shit, we're busted. So what you <laughs> didn't see when you were running around looking for your kid was like an NSA or FBI person come running out of there like, oh, shit, I've been spotted. Yeah. How's that for conspiracy? That's very on brand for
0: the episode. Mm hmm. The reason they let that fbi watchtower fall is because the only thing that they've gotten from being posted there is a lot of footage of me letting the dog out in my underwear (laughs) they were like this job sucks (laughs) nothing is happening we're out of here (laughs) pack it up let's go to ashley and tyler's (laughs) i'm sure they have their pants on when they go outside to let the dogs
1: (laughs) false absolutely false
0: (laughs) And Yeah, it was pretty wild. The trees really showed up to show me what's what. Yeah, like, they sure stop did. Stop spreading that BS. I did see another fun one, which maybe I will go for in Conspiracy Part 3, is that <laughs> birds are fake. Yes! Yeah, <laughs> that's that a fun one. That they're all robots. Yeah. And the reason that that's why you don't see any baby pigeons. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. Government's watching.
1: Big brothers out yeah. there.
0: I could just never believe that the government would be that
1: organized. We should have talked about birds aren't real in Birds Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> we should have. Uh, yeah, it would be all over, you know. Maybe, yes. That could fit into any episode. <laughs> That's actually what we should do for our, you know, final farewell episode is Birds the Finale in which we talk about, I don't know, maybe about a uh, mass extinction of birds and then you can talk about how birds aren't real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop planning the end of this podcast. <laughs> which will be 10 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> Our 1,000th episode. Our
0: first Conspiracy Theories episode was pretty popular. I hope you guys enjoy this one as well. We've got some good stuff for you. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Should we just get going? Or do you sure. have anything else you want to talk about?
1: Did you want to tell about how your dad
0: thought Circus Disasters? (laughs) Yes. So we did get some feedback from one of our (laughs) most faithful listeners, who is my dad. He (laughs) listens to them at work and he always gives good feedback. And I was talking to him about his day and he said, well, I enjoy. Well, I don't want to say I enjoyed the episode. It was kind of a bummer. The Circus Disasters one. (laughs) Yeah. The Circus Disasters kind of bummed him out. (laughs) <laughs> he said work is depressing enough without hundreds of dead people so sorry to bring you down on that last episode
1: well what's funny about the tiktok that we made for it as well is normally i'm kind of smiling yeah i feel like the weather girl when i'm making right right <laughs> making those tiktoks like i feel like i'm smiling and presenting a product but in this one i was like don't smile. Don't be. Don't be a psycho about it, jeez. <laughs> or not... do is that what
0: TikTok wants? Just a bunch of sociopaths? Yeah. What we go viral is. Oh my god, they were creepy. They were laughing about train wrecks and stuff. Gross. Yeah. I like
1: these girls. They're weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if that's what brings them in, that's what brings them in. So sorry about going back to back. It was killer kids and then circus disasters, right? <laughs> I think so. We got real dark there for a minute, but we brought it back up. I did tell dad after he talked about circus disasters, I said, the next one is inspirational. So you can feel better about that. Hopefully you're inspired and achieving your goals after last week. Yeah.
1: uh, So let's talk about not good, not bad, but just kind of cool and interesting stuff, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about a bunch of weirdos. That's what I think of conspiracy theories.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because it gives me an opportunity to feel superior. (laughs) because a lot of
1: times i feel real dumb and this i could be like i'm doing all right the the problem (laughs) with conspiracy theories and i think i talked about it last time we did this is i'd like to feel superior but then there's also a part of me that's like i believe (laughs) i believe them all (laughs) everything is plausible
0: (laughs) birds aren't real that's what happens when you live your life open to the world I guess sometimes the cuckoo
1: birds get in. (laughs) Yep. They nested. They nested up there. Cuckoo bird robots. Yeah. It's listening. It's eating my brain. Birds aren't real. Listening
0: to my thoughts. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I'm gonna get started because I'm excited. Yes, please do. All right. I will. I am first this week, and I got to this one by way of Urban Legends. If you listen to the Urban Legends episode, you may have heard me talk about how I had a hard time coming up with a subject for that because mm-hmm. I kept researching things that were not urban legends. And the things I researched were Lizzie Borden, which ended mm-hmm. up on Killer Kids, and mm-hmm. now this, which is a conspiracy theory, not an urban legend. So that's how we got here. Did you know that Paul I did McCartney... <laughs> I a blanket statement. I did not. I did not, and I do not. I never will. (laughs) Paul McCartney died. Did he? Not recently. He died in 1966. Did he? That is the theory. That is what I'm going to talk about today. The Paul is dead conspiracy theory. Mm. According to these proponents of this conspiracy theory, Paul McCartney died in a car accident on November 9th, 1966, after leaving a recording session where the band was arguing, if you can imagine that, (laughs) and that he was secretly replaced by a lookalike. This rumor began circulating around 1967, but didn't gain a whole lot of traction because they did not have social media (laughs) because, man, that thing would have caught fire immediately. Oh, yeah. But what they did have was radio DJs. And the power of the radio is what propelled this into what it ended up being, because on October 12th, 1969, a Detroit, Michigan DJ named Russ Gibb on his show received a call from a mysterious listener who would not identify themselves, who told him that he needed to play the intro to the Beatles song Revolution 9 backwards. And he did it right there on air. He played that backwards and it said, turn me on, dead man. Very clearly. Mm. The listener went on to say a few other things about this. Like, uh, this is how the Beatles have been dropping hints in their music and other things that they have produced in these years since 1966. Because Paul McCartney died and they replaced him with the winner of a lookalike contest, a man supposedly named William Campbell, who was an orphan from Edinburgh.
1: That's convenient.
0: Yeah. So he had nobody to verify his identity. But the whole thing, according to some people who believed in this, was orchestrated by the MI5 (laughs) in England, and they were the ones that were like, we're going to cover this up. Because the Beatles fans would be so distraught that we can't have that. It would cause all kinds of problems. So we need to replace Paul. And the band members felt so guilty about their involvement in deceiving their fans that they'd been dropping hints to be found ever since. So that's the idea of this.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems like a lot of work, okay? (laughs) Yeah. I've always been impressed when they say, play this record backwards and there's a message. I can't play music when a record's going forward. Like, I am so musically untalented that I couldn't do it the right way, let alone play it in a way that makes sense when you make it go backwards. So that's, that's impressive. Good for them. I think you're not
0: giving yourself enough credit because in high school, we spent a lot of time saying things backwards people's names specifically <laughs> it was like remember? our code yeah yeah it was a easily easily cracked code <laughs> <laughs> i know it really was <laughs> i remember my name backwards is adniss Edur,
1: yeah or was. I was yelsa yelsa your tip
0: yeah <laughs> Uh, for whatever reason, our friend Jennifer Holman, who I don't think I've spoken to in like almost 15 years. I hope she's doing very well. Uh, we haven't caught up. Her name backwards is Refnedge Namlo. <laughs> That's in my brain and will be f- until I die. Refnedge Namlo. So.
1: I don't Maybe know we why. could. Shoot. I don't know. Maybe I yeah. could. Or we I think could. you
0: could sing backwards if you put your mind to it. <laughs> I don't know. I I think the the motivation and the talent to just do that kind of stuff has been left in my teen years. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we came up with so many elaborate codes. I have notes from you that are like winding, twisted around. Like, what on earth were we doing? (laughs) That looks exhausting.
1: But we could read it just fine back in the day. So maybe the Beatles, they knew they were putting codes and stuff. And they're like, we can read this
0: just fine. We're leaving these nuggets and they knew all their fans were teenagers Mm -hmm. and they'd be able to crack the code. Yeah. So another thing that the caller to the radio station said that night pointed out that at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever, John says, I buried Paul. So, of course, this catches fire because this was a pretty big radio station and other radio DJs started picking it up. The same DJ, Russ Gibb. He had later shows. He did like an hour long special on it sometime later and had more and more people come in. It spread like wildfire. People all over the places were looking for more little nuggets in all kinds of things. And they found many of them on the cover of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts. Paul was the only one turned away from the camera. They start picking apart all of these things, playing all of these Beatles songs backwards, seeing what they can find. In it, they discover that walrus is Greek for corpse. It's not. Somebody <laughs> said it was. And then at the end of a song, they say Paul was the walrus. In another place, Paul is wearing a patch that says OPD, which is officially pronounced dead. And so they know that signals, little signals, and it becomes almost like a game to people finding all of these things. And there are, I mean, dozens. I could not even list to you all of the things that people have found as quote-unquote evidence of this cover-up. So the rumor spreads like wildfire. Magazines write articles, fans combing all their stuff. There was even a TV investigation (laughs) They air a special where the lawyer F. Lee Bailey brings on the Beatles' manager, Alan Klein, and a close friend of Paul McCartney's, uh, Peter Asher, onto TV, and they question them about all of these things. And at one point, they're like, well, on this song, John clearly says, I buried Paul. And Alan Klein is like, yeah, it's because his guitar sound on that particular tape buried Paul's sound. Like, his guitar was louder.
1: <laughs> so he came in <laughs> to, like, debunk everything?
0: Yeah, yeah, which didn't work because, you know, people were, they held fast to it, you know? And so it's just spreading all over the place. The Michigan Daily, it was a newspaper that did a big expose on it, and they broke down the cover of Abbey Road, which was one of the big points that people were like, this is a huge signal. So Abbey Road The cover of that album is the very famous where they're walking across Abbey Road, you know, all four members of the band. And they broke it down as it was a funeral procession for Paul because John was in white as the preacher. Ringo was in black as the undertaker. Paul was the body. He's walking. He's the only one out of all of them who is barefoot. Hmm. And he's holding a cigarette in his right hand. Paul was left-handed, is (laughs) left-handed. Oh, you're falling for it. It's getting me. It's getting (laughs) in my brain already. And then behind him, George is wearing all denim, and he represents the grave digger. And the article I read was like, even in a conspiracy theory, poor George gets the dirty work. (laughs) But... It just it goes crazy, the speed with which this blew up and pretty much mostly in America. That was where the majority of it was. That's where most of the radio stations were reporting it and stuff. But it did obviously spread kind of worldwide. John even called into the radio station in Detroit two weeks after that initial call and was like super mad about it Mm -hmm. and said, this is the most stupid rumor I have ever heard. And I assume that whoever came up with this is the same person who blew my Jesus comment out of proportion because they dealt with a huge blowback about that, him saying that we're bigger than Jesus. Mm hmm. So he was really irritated. And at one point in it, he says, I don't know what Beatles records sound like backwards. I don't listen to them backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you are all crazy. <laughs> He was especially irritated because he was putting out his first solo single, Cold Turkey, and he wanted to promote that. And the last thing he wanted to talk about was freaking Paul being barefoot on the cover of Abbey Road when he had already (laughs) privately made the decision to leave the band. And he's like, I still have to talk about this asshole. Talk about me (laughs) and my stuff. Yeah, so it's all going crazy. Meanwhile, Paul is nowhere to be found. Where was he? He was in seclusion on a farm in Scotland with his wife and their newborn baby. Oh, but I'm sure that everyone was like, see, he's not even around. Yeah. As this blows up, he's mysteriously gone. The timing of this was also, it worked out because at the time that they said he was replaced was when the Beatles had stopped performing live. So they hadn't performed live in years. So they're like, obviously, they're not going to tour with this lookalike. He's just standing in for, like, recordings or whatever. And uh, the article I read was, like, uh, according to the theory, that means that the lookalike wrote Blackbird and, like, all of these (laughs) other... So maybe he needed Paul's job to begin with. So if he's that good... Yeah, so Paul is is living the family life on this farm in Scotland. He said they called me. They said, look, what are you going to do about this? There's this big thing breaking in America. You're dead, according to them. Uh, and I said, leave it. Let them say it. It's probably the best publicity ever. All I have to do is not be dead. I don't <laughs> have to do a thing but stay alive. And then I show up and I'm alive and it's great. And he's like, so I lived through it and and that's it. And so he's fine. He's secluded. He's off somewhere else. It's everybody else, their publicity manager who has to take questions on this. And he's like, this is dumb. Paul is very much alive. He's very willing to write more music for our wonderful audience who we love so much. And then privately, he went off and was like, I think that it's the public who is dead from the neck up. And they've (laughs) been living with an imposter of a brain for all of this time (laughs) because they're all stupid. Yeah, so Paul finally, they track him down at this farm in Scotland. Life magazine shows up with a bunch of reporters. And when they first show up, Paul comes out and throws water on them. (laughs) He's like, get out. But then finally he's like, all right, if you promise to leave me alone, I will come out and do an interview with you and you can take pictures. And we can put an end to this. And so he came out, and on November 9th of that year, the cover story was Paul is still with us. But then, of course, everybody just scrutinized the photos. And he said that was the weirdest thing, knowing that even though he came out and talked to them, they weren't listening to anything he was saying. They're looking, he said, I could tell they're looking at me like, have his ears always been that way? Is that what his nose looked like? Mm -hmm. His jawline is a little strange. But even at that time in that interview, he announced, I'm not dead, but the Beatles are over. This was huge. And it got kind of ignored. Oh, man. (laughs) In that that article, it kind of got glossed over because people were so obsessed with the is he or is he not alive thing. So he made the cover story and it just went on. There were a bunch of uh, bands made songs about it, tried to capitalize on the hoax. The most uh, well one was called uh, We Are All Paul Bearers. Hmm paul Bearers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was by a band called zacharias and the tree people i did not listen to it (laughs) (laughs) the whole thing was pretty much over by 1970 there were people who still kind of held on to it and continued to look for clues in their solo work and You know, things like that, mostly for fun. It wasn't like a serious thing anymore. Once he kind of came out of everything. And then, of course, all of the drama with the Beatles breaking up kind of superseded that. But Paul did kind of reference it. He made a solo album called Paul is Live (laughs) as kind of a reference to that. It was kind of one of the first... I mean, the, the Beatles were unprecedented in a lot of ways and kind of in the Beatlemania You know, the way that they kind of took the world by storm. So Mm -hmm. the way that their fans behaved has kind of led to the way fans have behaved in the past. So it's like the love and devotion of a fan base that leads them to believe these crazy things. And like my love for them means that I understand them in a way that they can leave clues
1: and I'm going to understand it. Yeah. I'm going to figure it out. I'm the one that can figure it out because I'm their number 1 fan.
0: Right. <laughs> I'm special. They are so special to me that I understand this. And that has kind of carried through because there are lots of other conspiracy theories around musicians in the wake of that. I'm not saying that it was the first one. I mean, I'm sure there have been others that predated that, but the way with which it just blew up so fast mm. and people were scrutinizing everything they did to such a degree there have been lots of other conspiracies since obviously the first one that comes to my mind is Tupac is alive yeah that has Elvis become, is alive <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know if you've heard the Stevie Wonder can see that's a uh-huh. yeah that's a conspiracy theory that he actually is not blind and he can <laughs> see that's awesome. There's plenty on that.
1: I hope that one's true.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that he's been—I don't know—capitalizing it. I can't imagine how that would have ma- been like a useful thing. I need to look more into it. That'll be conspiracies three, and then also the there are twelve different
1: Avril Levines. She's I haven't dead. heard. I haven't heard 12, but I did hear that she died at like the height of her career and they put in a lookalike named Melissa. Yeah. And they were talking about how, you know, oh, see, she's more blonde and she went to more preppy and less skater girl or whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, hair dye and changing styles
1: don't exist. Yeah, it's because when she started her career, she was like 17 years old and then you know, years go by and you're a young adult, yeah, of course you're going to change. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear that there were 12 of them, though.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard that there are multiple multiple replacements and we need to dig up what do those conspiracy theorists think now that she's back? She's got a new album out.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: I wonder. That's good job, Melissa. Avril number Making 13. Making a comeback.
1: <laughs> Avril number
0: 13. Uh, she does dress exactly the same.
1: <laughs> in this new album even stuff. though now she's like 37 years old
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> the new song sounds like we were driving and it came on and I was like well I know for a fact this is Avril Lavigne but I didn't know she had new music out I was like I don't think I know this song this is very clearly her and I didn't listen to her very much like it'd be weird for them to be playing like a deep cut of old Avril stuff and then I had to I googled it and I was like oh man she's back Hasn't updated that sound much, but it's back. Early 2000s are back. I don't know if you're aware. They're they're coming back with our heyday.
1: That's a goddamn shame.
0: (laughs) It really is. Having nightmares about low-rise jeans. (laughs) Roll-on body glitter and wearing multiple polos at the same time.
1: (laughs) I can't wait to wear jeans under my dresses.
0: Oh, yes. Oh.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. I can't Yikes. wait to wear spaghetti strap tank tops over my t-shirts.
0: Yeah, over your long sleeve t-shirts <laughs> with just the thinnest scarf, just the narrowest. <laughs> this isn't keeping anything warm. It's like a shoelace <laughs> just wrapped around. Oh, and, then yes. I'm gonna, and then I'm going to take a straight iron to my bangs and just make them just very slanted, very straight across my forehead.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then crunch everything up with gel.
1: Beautiful. <laughs> you'll look like Yikes. a goddess
0: yeah oh man all right well i wish that fashion was dead like paul mccartney isn't <laughs> but they are both sadly alive i mean i'm glad paul mccartney is. oh yeah yeah McCartney, right.
1: if you're listening sorry <laughs> i Rab know you're he's alive. a fan
0: i he's know gotta he's gotta be a fan.
1: <laughs> gotta be listening
0: yeah, so uh, if you're if you're interested in it, there I mean, there are a ton. There have been books written about this. There are tons of videos and stuff. You can look up all the things that people claim to be evidence. You can listen to all the songs backwards, which always just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Anytime anything is played backwards, it's just, it sounds creepy and wrong. But you can look more into it. It's kind of funny, especially now that he continues to be alive and well. That is my conspiracy theory. I've been sitting on it for a while, so I'm glad I'm able to tell you guys about it. I hope you found it as entertaining as I did. That was a good one. Yeah. I'm excited to hear about yours, so let's take a break, and then you can tell us what we should be believing.
1: (laughs) All right, and we're back. I'm going to talk about the Mandela effect. Mm. Have you ever heard of this? I think so, but I did not look it up. Good. I'll tell you about it. Yeah. Teach me. (laughs) So the Mandela effect is essentially when many people believe that an event occurred, even though it never did. Ah. And this term was first used in 2009 by a paranormal researcher named Fiona Broom. She was at a conference and she was... Great name for a paranormal researcher. I know, right? (laughs) Very witchy. <laughs> Very witchy. <laughs> she was at a conference and she was talking to other conference goers and just in conversation, happened to mention how she remembers that the South African president, Nelson Mandela, died in prison in the 1980s. And a lot of other people were like, Oh yeah, no, I totally remember that. Hmm. Yeah, it was uh, there was news coverage, and his widow gave a speech. And yeah, I totally remember that. And she was like, yeah, I just found out he's still alive. Hmm. And everyone was like, "What?" He actually at the time in 2009 was still alive, but he did die in 2013. And so yeah. that kind of brought it up again when he actually died because then people were like, people were "What? Like, Wait, what?" <laughs> I thought he died back in the 80s, so it kind of brought it up again. And so in 2009, she started a website talking about this. And that's where she kind of coined the term Mandela Effect. Mm. And so it was a website, kind of a forum, a, a chat area where people could come in and kind of tell their stories. And there were a lot of stories where people were like, well, I remember something being this way. And other people were like, yeah, me too. And other people were like, no way. It was totally the other way. So it became a discussion. Yeah. Some of the most popular ones that I have seen TikToks for. I've seen little snippets on Facebook about it. One of the most popular ones is the Berenstain Bears. Do you remember the Berenstain oh, yeah. Bears? Yeah, it was a it was a series of books. There was like 200 books. There was a TV show. There was merchandise. It ran for several decades. It was a very yeah. popular franchise. Well, everyone kind of knows it as the Berenstain Bears. I always said Berenstain Bears. But apparently... Somebody pointed out that it's actually the Berenstain bears. Yikes. <laughs> and so everyone was like, hold up. No, I remember Berenstein, Yeah. not Berenstain. Yeah. And so that, of course, was like, what the hell? Then there's the movie Shazam with Sinbad, where he plays a genie. Yeah. You can kind of visualize the poster, right? The movie poster? Yeah. That was not a movie. That was never a thing. That movie does not uh, exist. Look it up uh, in IMDb. It does not exist. I looked it up today because I was like, come on. Was he
0: just in an ad campaign for Hammer Pants and we <laughs> all thought it was a movie
1: poster? <laughs> Probably. So that movie doesn't exist. Another one is the movie quote, Luke, I am your father. Right? Yeah. One knows that line? It's a very yeah, famous yeah. line. That's apparently not what's said in the movie. The actual quote is, no, I am your father. But everyone Mm. swears they remember it as Luke, I am your father. Another one is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs when they say, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Right? Very famous. No, the line is actually magic mirror on the wall, who's the fairest Mm. of them all? But so many people swear up and down. I've always known it to be mirror, mirror on the wall. Things like that. And of course, there's tons of examples, brands like the Monopoly Man. Was he wearing a monocle or not? The Raisin Brand Sun that's got the two scoops of raisins that he's pouring them into the bowl. Was he wearing sunglasses or not? There are some people that remember him with sunglasses and some people without. Hmm. Things like that, the Fruit of the Loom brand with the fruit, some people swear they remember it with a cornucopia. And some people say there was never a cornucopia spilling fruit out.
0: Now I... I don't know.
1: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I to think of course, of there's the movie quotes and various other things that people swore things were said one way when it was actually said another. Yes. And even throughout history, for example, uh, Henry VIII, there's no depiction of Henry VIII eating a turkey leg. But you always think of Henry VIII, big fat guy eating a turkey leg. Yeah. And so there's no actual art piece that had him in it like you visualize in your mind like oh yeah that was like renaissance art that had him in where did in they that come from you it know? was actually like a cartoon or something just a really random huh. thing like a political cartoon that showed that but people in their mind associated it with like renaissance art or some crap right so weird yeah and there's a lot of that there's a ton of examples again i just named a few but now the conspiracy theory part of this comes in in that People believe that this is perhaps proof of alternate realities or parallel universe Mm -hmm. and that the reason why you either see one or the other is that, you know, we're kind of jumping timelines. So there are people who are living within the same timeline, but some remember it one way and some remember it another. So they're crossing paths so there's a thought what
0: a, that... What a benign and pedestrian side effect of a potential multiverse situation. <laughs> I know. The Raisin brand sun has yeah. sunglasses or not. <laughs> what a... Yeah. You, you think about things like that being like these earth-shattering differences, but really it's like, no, well, it was just someone different in the pitch meeting. Yeah. It's like, so weird. Can I tell you the one that I had? Yes, please. I've been reading The Two Towers, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, rereading mm-hmm. it. And my brother, for a very long time, has called me Shandolf, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I was hanging out with him recently and he kept saying, that was Shandolph the blonde. I am Shandolf the pink because my hair is now pink and and so I was reading the book and I wanted to take a picture of the dialogue line where Gandalf says that was Gandalf the gray I am Gandalf the white and he never says that oh and I don't remember if he does in the movie and that's where it comes from and Uh I'll have to rewatch the movie and see but it is not in the book that way Oh, he refers wild. to himself as Gandalf the White, or he's described as Gandalf the White, but he never says that specific line. And I swore that I would be able to find that. Uh-huh. Like, that is such an iconic line. And I wanted to take a picture of the text of it and send it to my brother, but I couldn't find it anywhere. And so, yeah, that was my moment of being like, dang, I really thought that he actually says that. So cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so that you know.
1: Was,
0: yeah I know. And uh, I just outed myself as a
1: nerd. I am rereading The Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) So, yeah, there are people that believe that there is a reality in which Nelson Mandela died in the 80s. And there is a reality in which Nelson Mandela died in 2013. And somehow the people within those same timelines are able to talk to each other. Hmm. And that's what they're telling them. (laughs) When you look at the science, quantum physicists can't disprove the existence of alternate realities and parallel universes. So it could technically, theoretically Hmm. exist. It's plausible. Now, here's the thing. I can kind of get behind it. A little bit. Of course you can. Of course I can. I'm susceptible. (laughs) I'm very impressionable. Okay, but here's why I think it's somewhat plausible. Because think about like animal senses, right? Elephants can communicate through vibrations in their feet. Bats have Mm -hmm. echolocation. The rainbow shrimp can see 200 times more color than we can. Dogs have a sense of smell that's a thousand times better than ours. Cats can see in the dark. You know, there's a whole realm of sensory stimuli around us that we just can't feel and we have no perception of. So there could be a whole world happening right in this room where I'm recording that I just have no sensory perception of. It is out of my realm of comprehension. Therefore, it could be plausible that these things exist. However... (laughs) Plausible, yes. Likely, no. What's right. more likely is that these are just false memories.
0: Yeah, we've got big dumb meatballs in our skulls and sometimes they make mistakes.
1: Yeah, we are yeah. cooked cauliflower covered in mayonnaise. <laughs> up there. (laughs) What a throwback. Yeah, man. (laughs) Speaking of throwbacks, there's a term that I think you used in our brain episode where you talked about vision. There's a term called confabulation. And that's when the brain fills in missing information. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that information is not accurate, particularly when it pertains to memory. And false memories can occur Particularly around events, A, when you're a child and your Mm -hmm. brain is still developing, B, when you're stressed out, or C, when you're distracted. So, for example, when you're a kid, you're learning in school about the presidents and the founding fathers, right? Well, a lot of people associate Ben Franklin and Alexander Hamilton as being presidents of the United States. Mm -hmm. They never were. Yeah, But it's because you were learning about the presidents and the founding fathers at the same time. So people think those go hand in hand. So that's just kind of a false memory from when you were a child. You didn't fully comprehend what was going on. Another thing, if you're stressed out, for example, there's records of people misremembering 9-11, like how Mm. old they were, what they were wearing, where they were that day. Yeah because the stress of the event they filled in gaps in their memory and it wasn't Mm -hmm. until years later that they were like i swear i was five years old and i was in school and i saw the towers fall from my school window and then years later they were like wait a minute i was like 10 and my elementary school was in a neighborhood where you couldn't see anything from that so there's like parts of it that fill in the blanks another one is if you're distracted So, for example, if you have a loved one that passes away and then two days later, some major event happens. When you go Mm -hmm. to recall that event years later, you may actually not remember it accurately because you were so distracted by the grief of losing your loved one. So there's faulty memory in, in that regards. And memory has been proven to not really be reliable. Oh, yeah. So I was uh, I was listening to a podcast to live and die
0: in L.A., and they did an episode where they were. Well, part of an episode where they talked to this researcher and actually played some of her research where she implanted a false memory. She convinced this woman through a couple different interviews that she had been in a fight Mm. and. At first, she was like, I don't remember that or whatever. And and the researcher was like, yeah, you did this or whatever. And then later, the woman comes back and she has all these new details. Oh, yeah, I do remember that now. And this happened and this happened and this happened. And then they get to the end of it. The researcher is like, I completely planted that. I completely fabricated it. And the woman was Mm -hmm. like, I was convinced that it was real. And so that kind of demonstrated in that podcast, it was for the purposes of saying like, witness accounts cannot be Totally reliable. Exactly. uh, Because they had a witness that was saying they swore they saw this thing, but then camera footage shows something different. They just confuse themselves in their own memory bite, which is terrifying. Yeah. If you can't trust your own memory of an event, which you can't, we can't. And that's a terrifying realization to be like, well, I could be completely wrong about everything that I thought has happened in my life. Yeah.
1: Crazy. I know, right? Yeah. So let's go back to some of the examples that I gave and how these could actually be false memories and not parallel universe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about Shazam. That movie never existed. Sinbad did not do a genie movie named Shazam. It was right up his alley, though. In 1996, there was a movie named Kazam. That starred Shaquille O'Neal as a genie. Oh, yeah. Around the same time, Sinbad did a promotion of some sort. I don't know if it was for his comedy or what he was promoting at the time, but he went to an event where he was dressed as a genie. Hmm. And so then I think people associated him and somehow came up with Shazam. And he did do a movie. I think it was called House Guest around the same time in which he's yeah. like popping out of a mailbox on the front cover of the movie oh, poster. Yeah. His like head is popping out of a mailbox. And so it kind of looks like he's maybe coming out of a lamp. And so people, I think, just combined those two memories into one and said, oh, Sinbad was in a movie called Shazam, not Shaquille O'Neal was in Kazam. And then yeah. Sinbad was doing his own thing over here. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the movie quotes... I can say myself that I've never seen Star Wars, and that is something I brag about constantly. <laughs> I am very proud of the fact that I've never seen Star Wars. So when someone says, Luke, I am your father, that is a phrase that has been said through pop culture my entire life. Yeah. And so I, having never seen the movie, had no frame of reference to know whether that was true or false. Yeah. So Luke, I am your father is something that is stuck in my head. Same thing as say the mirror mirror quote yeah that's something you maybe watched as a little kid yeah
0: and that's the thing with those movies they came out long before vhs so it was you watched it in the theater and then you come out of it with whatever understanding you had of what happened and that just kind of spreads it's not like i know every single word to encanto Because we have watched it 900 times and I'm not going to mess one of those up because we have watched it. But if I saw something once in theater or twice in the theater and then just thought about it and talked about it, it would be so easy to mess up a line
1: like that. Or think about even though Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is kind of an iconic Disney movie, how many times have you watched it as an adult? Yeah, like once, I think. But it's, again, one of those things that comes around, one of those phrases that just Mm -hmm. makes its way around popular culture. In fact, what's funny is right before this, I was watching some TikToks and I saw a girl do a TikTok in which she said mirror, mirror on the wall. And I was like, I want to comment so bad. Don't (laughs) be that person. But... It's kind of the same thing of you hear it around popular culture so much that you kind of forget what the original one, the original line was, even if you knew it way back in the day. Yeah. When it comes to Nelson Mandela himself, Mm -hmm. I don't think that it was two parallel universes. I don't think there's a universe in which he died in the 80s and then one in which he died in 2013. What I have a feeling happened was... This was something that in America, we kind of knew about, we were listening to it on the news, on the radio, through newspaper, you know, social media wasn't a thing that was reporting Mm -hmm. every little tiny minute detail. So how much did the average American know about the political system and apartheid and the strife that was going on during that time? Yeah. How well did they actually know the intricacies of it? So- When they hear stories on the news, so for example, during that time, Nelson Mandela was in prison, but he did have to have surgery on his prostate Mm
0: -hmm. at one
1: point. Then there was another point where he had tuberculosis. He did recover from it, obviously. Yeah. But how does that perhaps not put a little seed in the brain of, oh, he died in surgery or, oh, he died of tuberculosis or, oh, you know. Yeah. There's also a thought that I believe at the time there was another high-ranking official, which I didn't, I don't remember the guy's name. I just saw a blip of it in an article I read somewhere. But another high-ranking official died during that same time. And so again, it's another one of those combining the stories of Nelson Mandela's in prison. We're seeing it on the news. Oh, perhaps it was reported that he had had surgery or that he had tuberculosis. There was also for his 70th birthday, a huge benefit concert for him. So perhaps maybe people thought that the benefit concert was actually like for funeral funeral yeah not necessarily for his birthday so i don't know i think maybe between the news stories and that other guy dying and then the things that were coming up with his health and whatnot that people just combined it to fill in the blanks and said oh yeah i remember that i remember the news coverage of it did you though and the power of suggestion of someone saying
0: Oh, do you remember when he died? And your brain goes, that sounds right. Yeah. As a social measure, I'm going to plant this memory so
1: you can have something in common with this other person. And that's exactly my next point. Now that social media has become Mm -hmm. a big thing, it allows people to connect and helps us possibly solidify those false memories through suggestion. When you go online and you say, hey, I have this memory, then someone else can say, oh, yeah, also, I heard about it on the news. Yeah. And people are like, oh, did I? Yeah, that's probably where I heard it. Yeah, I heard it on the (laughs) news, too. So it's, like you said, kind of filling in those blanks through suggestion That's so much like when we
0: talked about urban legends and how there was with folklorists, like maybe social media will be the death of urban legend because there's so much fact checking available. Well, it could be the same. It could be the the death of the Mandela effect. No, it just makes it spread faster. It doesn't make people any more inclined to look that much more into the truth. They will take things at face value much faster and it just spreads more and more and more. Nobody's snopes their memes. <laughs> they're
1: and particularly, just saying, yep, I remember. So many people, TikTok creators, a lot of these content creators are saying things with so much confidence right. that you can't help but believe them. We should start some. If this person is making a video on TikTok about this thing and they're saying very confidently, like, yes, this happened. We should start some fake memories. Let's plant <laughs> some false memories. Let's
0: start messaging people. We knew when we were teenagers. Do you remember when I was really cool?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So many people I think will come back and be like, absolutely not.
0: (laughs) Do you remember when we were so good in the musical that we got a standing ovation and then the crowd carried us out on their shoulders?
1: Because I remember that. They threw a bunch of roses on the stage and we cried because we were so like overwhelmed with emotion at how great we had done. Yeah. And everyone else went behind the curtains and it was just Shanda and I standing on stage holding hands, taking bows, and everyone just adored us. Do you guys remember that? I do. I do remember that very vividly. And we looked so beautiful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we need to look into this. We need to start manipulating people in our lives more. I really think, you know, what's the point of gaining all this knowledge through recording this podcast if we don't use it for our own benefit? I know. Yeah.
1: So folks, if you're listening to this and you've listened to the 58 previous episodes, please use that information to a make a party weird and b manipulate your friends and family for your own gains. <laughs>
0: yes, of course. And strangers, <laughs> feel free to manipulate strangers. Do what
1: you got to do to survive in this world. Do you
0: remember when you came and watched me perform and I was the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life? Yes, and every you wept, time. Yeah. Wept with the laughter. You had a hernia. You had to have repaired following that.
1: I was well. You had me up until hernia, but that was actually kind of true. You came to to Dayton one time, and Tyler and I came to watch you, and it was so funny. I was crying. I was laughing, crying. So that's kind of true. I didn't herniate <laughs> nothing, but I'll add that to the story next time. Yeah, you just work it in. I blew out my colon laughing so hard. <laughs> I prolapsed my uterus. She was so funny. <laughs>
0: No, I don't want to start that because then people might make me responsible for their medical bills and I'm not interested in
1: doing that. Um, but yes, so while I do believe that people think this is a, some sort of conspiracy theory about the existence of parallel universe and alternate realities, I am thinking it's less conspiracy, more the fallibility of memory.
0: yeah. But you know, multiple universes is a little easier to swallow than my brain is unreliable.
1: I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> it does kind of make you hope that it's yeah. a it's yeah. a parallel. It'd be more universe. Fun. <laughs> yeah. And not my brain is goo.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. That could have fit in a brain's part too. I know. It's all interconnected, man.
1: We do have themes that we we do like.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we do. Yeah. I like the trippy stuff. We haven't done trippy stuff in a while. so I know. Yeah, that's cool. It's going to make me question everything from now on. Good. Good. I'm glad. Well, all
1: right. So what shows do you have coming up in which you hope to herniate people and bust their eyeballs (laughs) out? Because you're so Uh... funny and awesome.
0: Yeah. I'm a little light for the summer. Uh, We've got family things going on, trips and things. So uh, I'm I'm not going as hard as I did over the winter. But in June, I have a couple dates. June 10th, we're going to be back at Byler Lane Winery. And those shows are always awesome and they fill up. So if you're in the area, definitely come to that. And then on June 18th, I'm going to be in Fairmount, Indiana, home of James Dean and Garfield the Cat. (laughs) There's a lot going on in Fairmount, Mm -hmm. Indiana. I'm going to be there for a show. So if you want information on any of the shows I'm doing or anytime something pops up at the last minute, I always post those things on my Facebook, Shanda Sung, and my Instagram, Shanda.Sung. I am also on Twitter and TikTok. I'm not as active on those things, though. So you can find me if you want both of those. I'm Shanda S. Panda. This show is also on the socials. We are on Facebook and Instagram, Passing Notes with Ashley and Shanda, and on TikTok. And we've talked about it a little bit, but we've got some videos that we post up there. Maybe we're going to start making trippy ones where we manipulate people online into listening to this show. So if we can crack <laughs> that nut, it's all over for you, bitches. <laughs> we're coming for you, Squarespace and undies and all <laughs> <laughs> all those advertisers once we figure out how to manipulate everyone on the internet so i'll get to work on that and in the meantime follow us uh reach out let us know what conspiracy theories you believe we want to hear them yeah and we might get on board especially ashley she's very gullible i am very susceptible
1: to suggestion <laughs> also tell us what mandela effect that got you oh yeah yeah, yeah, I think for me, it was the Berenstein Bears that got me the most. Yeah. There's this really trippy video of a guy who walks into one room. He's holding a book in front of the camera and it says Berenstein. Then he walks into the other room and the book changes to Berenstein. And he mm-hmm. says that there's like a wormhole in his hallway <laughs> of his suburban three bedroom, two bathroom.
0: Yeah. Home. that's where all the other socks keep going in my house we've got a yeah,
1: hole, <laughs> apparently i mean he's not lost any of his kids but the book changes so i have yeah. a feeling that's just some really good video editing but
0: yeah yeah well we'll work on that too if we can't <laughs> if we can't manipulate you that way we'll just manipulate you through video editing but yeah definitely reach out we love to hear from you guys and uh i hope you share this show with your best friend
1: Absolutely, and like every week, I want to thank my husband Tyler for helping us record, edit, produce this show. We want to thank you all. His name
0: Toiler. Toiler.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's really Taylor. (laughs) That would have made more sense. (laughs) Toiler. (laughs) Your brain is goo. (laughs) Oh no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we want to thank you all for hanging in there with our shenanigans, uh-huh. <laughs> with our tomfoolery, <laughs> with our ridiculousness. It's been 59 episodes. Thank you guys so much for listening. For Shanda Sung, I am Ashley Morgan. Join us next time on Passing Notes with Ashley and Shanda. Elephants mm-hmm. can communicate between vib... From vibra Elephants can communicate... God damn it. Toiler. <laughs>
0: Come on, man. I was like, change it. Change it quick. There's no name that's close to Tyler.
1: Just say so. <laughs> Tyler. Spoiler. <laughs>